Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It's time now for our regional roundup where we take a look at headlines from around the region. And this morning, we're taking an economic point of view of headlines out of India as well as Malaysia. And helping me out is Chris Humphrey, Executive Director, EU ASEAN Business Council. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, Elliot. How are you? Very good, sir. And quite interesting headlines we're looking at. I suppose let's start off over in India with Tata Group. It says they're planning to multiply the number of employees at its electronics factory in southern India that makes iPhone components. So you're looking at tens of thousands of workers as part of a push to, well, I guess, win more business from Apple in that sense. Now, Apple already sort of downplayed their expectations for the fourth quarter. Initially, what are your thoughts on the timing of this announcement? It doesn't really surprise me. The electronic sector is a very competitive one. I think India wants to get a bigger slice of the pie in that area. And if you're a firm like an Apple, you are looking to be, uh, diversify your supply chains going forward, as any sensible business would in the current economic climate and geopolitical climate as well. So the fact that Apple may or may not be looking at India for increasing supply of iPhone parts makes perfect sense from their point of view. And for the Indians, as I said, this is a highly competitive sector. They probably want to grow their presence. Someone like a Tata Group, of course, a well-known, established multinational corporation, mm. also wants a bigger slice of that pie. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned diversifying the supply chain, right? So do you think this goes far enough in terms of expanding that technology supply chain? Well, I think there's an absolute need in the current economic and global political climate to diversify yourself away. And there's a huge concentration of electronics, of course, in, in Taiwan, in China, and in Vietnam as well. So moving away perhaps from that South China Sea area mm. to another part of the world does make a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, when it comes to economics, there always is political balance at play. In your opinion, how does this play out in terms of, you know, India finding that balance of relationship with the United States when you consider, well, it's got a bit of friction with China? And it's got a bit of friction with China. It's got a bit of friction relationship with the US and the West over its lack of support for Ukraine, perhaps, mm, on the mm. on the Russia-Ukraine war front as well. So I think India, of course, has been very adept in the past of trying to play both sides and trying to keep that balanced relationship between big global players. And this is probably another move in that area. Mm. Chris, let's move on to talk about Malaysia. So the ringgit is likely to hit one of its lowest levels against the US dollar in the next six months, according to a lot of observers. We've got the Fed announcement tomorrow where we're expecting a 75 basis point rate hike. How bad could it get for the ringgit? I believe they are also in action this week. Uh, They are in action this week. I think you'll probably see a rate rise coming out of Bank Nagara in Mm. Malaysia as well this week. Uh, partly to try and defend the currency and, of course, do what every other central bank in the world is doing, trying to stem the, the increase in inflation at the same time. Um, it could get a lot worse. Uh, I think hangs upon the election later this month. Uh, what the outcome of that is, do we end up with a clear majority for one of the coalitions? Looking unlikely, I think. Um, and how stable would any new government be at that point? Yeah, Bank Nagara expected to raise interest rates by, I believe, a quarter point on Thursday. Chris, so, you know, looking economically, right, I mean, I know you mentioned that observers will be looking for some kind of a stable government, clear winner, that type of thing. For businesses that are looking to expand into Malaysia, what are your thoughts on what these businesses should watch out for with regard to the elections? That's a very good question. All businesses like stability when it comes to politics in countries. Uh, and unfortunately, Malaysia, since their last year, has not actually provided that to any 
Irish degree. Mm. I think no matter who wins it, businesses would like to see a stable government in place, a government that they know can see through the next entire election term at the same time. Ideally, a government, of course, which is very pro-business, very pro-investment. Uh, Malaysia as a country has an awful lot to offer for Western companies looking to invest in this part of the world. You know, it's got land, it's got educated people, it's got pretty good connectivity, and it's got a lower cost base than someone like a Singapore, for instance. Yeah, yeah. So, that's so true. If we end up with a, a clear winner from the election and some government stability, uh, I think businesses will have renewed confidence in Malaysia. My concern is, particularly all those new voters uh, in Malaysia, no one really knows how those, those young people are going to vote. Yeah. We're probably not going to end up with a clear winner. Yeah, plus it doesn't help that there is an expected lesser voter turnout because of the monsoon season. Although, Chris, if you don't mind, I want to flip that question that I just asked you about, which is about business looking to expand into Malaysia. What about businesses within Malaysia if they wanted to come out of Malaysia? Does this election affect them in any way? Well, it might affect what's in their bank accounts and how, <laughs> how, how happy they're feeling about you know making those investments overseas or do they want to hold on to their cash at the moment. I think actually that's a problem globally with businesses. Okay. The way the global economy currently is, a lot of uncertainty out there, energy security concerns, food security concerns, interest rates, inflation. A lot of firms actually are holding back on their cash. Mm. So they're waiting to see which way the wind is really blowing and how strong that wind is at the same time. Um, but you know, if you're a Malaysian firm, your market, your domestic market is not that big in comparison to some other countries in the region. And you probably do want to be looking to go overseas at some point. Mm, yeah, well, Vietnam looks like a good choice as well. They're in the papers this morning. And I guess ultimately we want to hear from the Fed and you know some kind of indication of when they're going to start cooling off in that sense. Uh, yes, we are. Everyone's watching the Fed and whatever the US does with their interest rates yeah. and the strength of the dollar impacts quite a lot. Many currencies around this part of the world. I think many of the uh, countries in Southeast Asia are in a far better position now mm. than they were during the last Asian financial crisis. So I think they can weather the storm a lot better, but it's still going to make investors very nervous. Yeah, for sure. I've been speaking with Chris Humphrey, who's Executive Director, EU ASEAN Business Council. Chris, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a good day. Brilliant. Thank you, Andrew. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.